Gordon and I were first introduced at an art event by a curator who said we had to know each other. Gordon's job title is not gallerist. It's provocateur. I guess it looked like a really important friendship was going to come out of that. And it has. (laughs) And we are hilarious. Here it is. Welcome to Bad Choice Tuesday with Andrea Howell. I'm talking with my friends about the questionable choices we make. Sometimes unconventional, sometimes unavoidable, sometimes flat out bad. And sometimes Bad Choice Tuesday happens on a Thursday night. We're talking about friendship, unconditional love, and questionable choices. Welcome to Bad Choice Tuesday. This whole room is filled with really cool stuff. That's a that's a Keith Herring. That piece right there is a wow. Keith Herring, and, and it's hilarious. I um I saw it, and I was like, it's fucking Keith Herring print that's signed and uh, and stamped. And it was in a um, one of those 80s plastic frames that was peeling, right? Yeah. And it was at a thrift store. And so they had thrown it in the $1.50 discount bin because the frame was worthless. And I was like, oh, no, it was the $5 bin. And I'm all, hey, can I get a discount on this since I'm going to have to reframe it? And they gave it to me for like $1.50. Oh, my gosh. No way. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we had. I don't think we have $2 in that. Well, now with the new frame. Oh Oh my God. And you yeah. also found what was the book you found? You found Oh yeah, that's right. Up here. Hold on, I'll show you. Yeah. So I we found I found an Andy Warhol signed. Oh, where is it at? Oh, yeah, the philosophy Andy Warhol hardcover. And then that's signed on the inside. Fine. And how much what you found that at a thrift store too, yeah? Yeah, it was five bucks. I don't think it was five bucks. That's insane. Yeah, yeah you know. I don't mind doing that at thrift stores because I feel like it was donated in the first place, you know, as a charity. I wouldn't do that, like, you know, if it was a, if you were going to, like, answer an ad in the paper and grandma clearly didn't know what she had. Like, I would never do something like that. But, yeah, I don't mind spending $5 on a $1,000 item at a thrift store. And then I love Hmm. that you don't resell it, that you actually keep it and cherish it. Yeah. Well, it's one of those things, like, yeah, where I grew up, there weren't these treasures, and that's actually why I left the community I'm from. I'm from Southern Oregon, so we didn't have anything like that, nothing with art and culture. And so leaving that space to find it, I treasure it probably more than some. Like I, it's, To me, it's like actual treasure. Like It's not just passive. It's not something – like a lot of people have seen Andy Warhol stuff. I had never seen it. Does that make sense? Like growing yeah. up where I was at. Yeah. You know, it's very – very different kind of com- different kind of community. You found a so, diamond on the ground, man, in the yeah. store. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. So, so listen, you're super echoey. This is going to oh. sound crazy, but do you have like a? Hold on one second. Yeah, hold on. I'll put a blanket over my head and we'll tuck in the like it's uh, in the dark sleepover. Yeah, we'll do a sleepover from uh, like when you're kids in a tent. Hey, that's because awesome. Was, that's what I was. Is it, how's the echo now? <laughs> Now I wish I was doing a video podcast. Mm-hmm. Is it terrible? <laughs> no, it's fantastic. Okay, great. No. Okay, we're good. So I love, when did you leave Oregon? Ooh, uh, 90, 93. So I went, I graduated high school in 91. And then I went to college in Oregon. And then 
two years in, I was studying for a degree in art and two and a half years in, I had done all the electives, if that makes sense, all the stuff that was associated with my degree. And then it was the, the general and I was, and I was, had already been offered a job in Southern California in the arts or like the entry level. And so I was out. I was like, bye, see ya. How did you get from, from Southern California to Denver? So that was wonderful. We, Lorraine and I were, so Lorraine's my wife. We had a home in Rancho Cucamonga together and we took a three day vacation here just to come through the weekend and check out the museum and see the, see the life here. And we said, had such an amazing time that when we got to the airport, Lorraine looked at me and said, so you wanna? I just looked at her like, wanna <laughs> what? You know? And uh, she's like, move here. And I was like, kind of, yeah. One of the things that happened while we were here in that three days was we're, we were drinking at uh, one of the distilleries out here. And it is not legal in Colorado to serve food, you know. And so we were shocked. Like both of us were, you know, we were drinking. We were in no condition to drive. And they we go, so, uh, you know, what's good to eat? And they're like, we can't serve you food. <laughs> what? And so we Googled, you know, restaurants that were close by. And one of them was Biker Jim's, which is the famous kind of exotic hot dog place out here. And, you still um, love Biker Jim's. You talk about well, Biker Jim's all the time. So that very first, yeah, well, that very first day we went over there, we had a great meal. We were talking about like the flavor profiles and the uh, owner, or I think it was his uh, manager said, hey, you guys sound like you know what you're talking about. We have all this food that we were trying out for the menu, can you give us your opinions? And so we ate there for about probably three hours and just tar- tried all the, sampled all their new menu items. And um, <laughs> before we left, Jim asked to be my friend on Facebook and we've been besties ever since. So he's probably one of my closest friends and we do stuff together all the time. And hey, he's just a wonderful cat. So day one, we met one of my closest friends. It's it was wonderful. Denver is a great space to have like little miracles like that happen because I'm not unique in that. There's been a lot of people who've said something similar. Oh yeah, I met uh, met one of my closest friends for the first week I was here. So it's great. Yeah, it's endless stories of people who came here without a job. I just, just had coffee with somebody yesterday morning and I said, did you have a job? As he's telling me how they moved here and he was like, no. And I I swear that is the most common answer when you say to someone, did you move here with a job? The answer is almost always no. I was driving through. I was visiting somebody. It was spring break. We decided not to leave. Mm. <laughs> like, yeah. Always, yeah. I love how easy it is to meet people here because it was not a small town in Oregon, but coming from St. Louis, there is a lot of, you know, People are from there and their parents are there and their grandparents are there and their siblings are there and their cousins are there and all their high school friends are there. And it's fantastic. It's great for them to have that community. It Mm. is opposite land to move somewhere that's such a destination city where everybody seems to have just dropped themselves here on a whim. Um, Yeah, there's a lot of that. We were fortunate in that. At the time, Lorraine was working for North America as, you know, the continent. And so we could live where we wanted, um, as long as it was close to an airport. And, you know, how I describe Denver to my friends is if um, uh, the kind of community that happens in Oregon and the culture 
that happens in like a SoCal where you have a lot of arts and entertainment. If those two places made sweet love and abandoned their baby in the middle of the country and all the best parts of both <laughs> are. That's such a Gordon description. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So you decide to open a, an art gallery as one does. Yeah. You know, I'd gone to school for art and then spent uh, some formative years in the insurance industry and then uh, was restoring homes to turn into vacation rentals. So we owned some 1800s homes, Victorian homes that were in gold country in California. And those were being managed. And so I found myself, you know, without much to do. And so I was like, you know, why don't I return to what I originally was left Oregon for? And uh, so the gallery was born of that. Yeah. I know you talk about being a disruptor and seeing the the art world differently. You weren't supposed to laugh in the middle, Gordon. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I am. An enthusiastic, yes. Yeah. In fact, my job title is provocateur. I rarely say gallerist, but yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. (laughs) <laughs> I don't I don't think I need to add to that. So how so? Yeah. How is it how is it different because I see you interact with people in the art community and you mm-hmm. seem like a normal guy right up until you are like enthusiastically a provocateur. Yeah. Where, well, that I, I, well, it comes from being an observer all this time and you have and you realize how how siloed the art community is and how it really impacts no one's life and people think it matters somehow. And I don't mean that as to be provocative. I mean, like, I think a recent study said that uh, less than 1% of the population participates in the arts in one year. And that includes purchasing jewelry. Oh my gosh. And everybody purchases jewelry. Right. Less so than 1%. Less than 1%. Oh. So you have all these siloed art communities that are fighting for 1%. And as someone who was in a business that basically talked to everybody, I'm in this point where I say there's 99% of the population that's an opportunity. And we're not going to get anywhere unless we talk to people. And so the gallery was born out of that. I'm so uninterested in having artists come to the gallery and their friends. I want people from the bar. I want people from the street. I want the, you know, someone walking by the place who's going shopping or getting their hair cut to be like, wait, I'm curious about why this anomalous space is down here and walk in and I will, they will leave my space a believer. I'm going to say you can probably take the blanket off your head. I don't think it makes that much a difference. It adds to the ambiance. I so wish it were video. So badly. <laughs> but if you want to, I kind of just want to leave it because it looks so cool. I feel like it's uh, what's that terrible movie in the eighties where witch, uh, the witch of Blair Witch Project? Yeah, that was kind of fun. That was a yeah, nice little sure. tent project. It was the tent, yeah. the Gordon Tent Project. Your gallery is fantastic from the sidewalk. Your gallery yes. is fantastic from the middle of the road, from across the <laughs> yeah, street. Pretty great. Yeah. Yeah. So what's up with that? How did you start deciding to basically, I feel like, you know, the little hand rhyme where you put your fingers on the inside and you talk about the church and the people and you make a steeple with your fingers and yeah. you turn it inside out and they're all the people. Yeah. And that's how I feel about your gallery. I feel like you took an art gallery 
that was like inside and you just turned it inside out and put all this great stuff Isn't right on the outside of the be? building. Yeah. Well, we're called, we're deliberately called talk for a reason. And for me, there's, again, there's these conversations that happen around music or around interior design or around, you know, whatever, you know, your favorite sports team. And those all come with advertising kind of a unique experience. And, you know, putting a single, you know, 18-inch letter that said talk isn't going to get anybody's attention. But inviting artists to paint murals on the outside of the walls and elevate the community that I live in is. And so that's what we do. I've invited artists and the murals change probably once every three months, sometimes less, sometimes a little bit more. And people are excited when I call them up and they go, hey, would you be interested in having a mural? And, you know, it's it's really uh, kind of a, it's an interaction with local community that people just aren't expecting. You know, they are not expecting to have their lives enriched. And that's unfortunate. So we do our best. I do think the sound is more consistent with the damn blanket on your head. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's really weird. The, tell me about, okay, so when I first walked up to the gallery, the first thing that I noticed that we didn't talk about the first time I went there because there were other things to look at. But this time, what I first noticed was on the ground outside the front door, where theoretically, I suppose there must have been a hole. Now there there is this fantastic like fish pond on the ground as you walk in like a welcome mat. Tell me about that. That's so cool. So... Well, I'm so glad you asked that. So I manifested that like a hundred percent. So first of all, where we moved in was, isn't the greatest part of town. And consequently the city was completely uninterested in repairing the sidewalk. So (laughs) I got in there and I tiled this beautiful, beautiful glass tile. And before I opened the gallery, there was a, an activist artist out of San Francisco named Jeremy Novi, who is famous for painting koi's in blighted areas. And so I thought to myself, why don't I make this, like do this blue and maybe one day, you know, if we're lucky, Jeremy Novi will come to Denver and he'll put koi on the outside of those blue lines. So the beautiful blue sparkly glass, a city official came by and they were like, hey, I know you probably didn't repair that, but the city is going to have to repair it if, if that glass is slick, you know. So I came back with like an 80 grit and took off all the beautiful sheen. But they are beautiful glass tiles. And then Jeremy Novi was at the gallery less than a year later. And we had a wonderful show and an introduction to his work out here. If you've seen Koi all through Denver on the sidewalk, that was Top Gallery and uh, bringing Jeremy Novi here. It was a wonderful, wonderful show. That is a fantastic piece, just right there welcoming you in the door. I love that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's great. awesome. Yeah. And for people who know what those quite fish imply, especially having that conversation in Denver is effing awesome. You know, it's a really wonderful thing for people to kind of be like, oh shit, I've seen those koi in like New York, or I've seen them in San Francisco, or I've seen them in. I think he's done a lot in Portland or, you know, all throughout the country and South America. And, you know, and he recently just went to Europe. And so for all these people to have seen those things other places and then to know that they are 
they started here in the middle of the country for our experience with his work. You know, it's just great. I love being and what do the company. koi imply? What do they imply? Well, so for his initial, his initial conversation was that he noticed in blighted areas, uh, Jeremy Noe is a gay activist, and he noticed that in blighted areas, people weren't looking at the walls for murals. They were looking down, right? You had this sense of depression. So he wanted to bring a sense of magic to the sidewalks. And so when people were looking down, they would see his work. And so that's where the koi were born out of. Now, each koi, the colors are symbolized something different. But in many ways, those kois represent hope. And so it was a nice, nice addition to the space, I thought. That was very cool. And there's a door on the outside that is covered in wood graffiti. <laughs> yeah. I'll let you talk about that. But first, I have to say the funniest moment the other day when we we're standing there on the sidewalk and you look over at this door that's covered with wood graffiti and we'll put up a picture of it. But and you reach up and you're like, what the hell is this? And somebody had set a pants hanger, like one yeah. of those two two piece wood hangers yeah. on one of the horizontal pieces just sitting there. And it fit totally in with the door. It yeah. just blended and right so, in. And that's really what I was hoping for. Like, you know, that wooden hanger didn't just happen there. Like someone had that wooden hanger. They were, you know, in their closet. And they're like, I never used this. I know where this should go. <laughs> it's like, what? You know? You're listening to Bad Choice Tuesday, a conversation about friendship, unconditional love, and unconventional choices. For more information, go to badchoicetuesday.com. We're glad you're here. And now, back to Bad Choice Tuesday. And so it ended up in addition to CLS's relief work at the gallery. And it's magic. And so little people, people leave little things there all the time. There are sometimes army men, that little surprises, stickers from different artists all over the community who see that, who recognize Shriver's work and they stop by to put a sticker on it. It's been painted one time. It's been, you know, they're just always transformed. And that, that's that been up there now, I think, uh, three years. And Lifer came by. He's the, he's amazing. And he made this wooden flower kind of move through the space. And, and Lifer's green and pink flowers are all over Shriver's work there. But that is not Shriver. That is somebody else saying, hey, I can make this addition to the work. It's very interactive. It's it's exactly what street art is supposed to be, and then it, it changes through time. Great. You have this real sense of community with art, I, not just the art community, but actually mm-hmm. the sense of creating community and community participation in the art. Yeah. Well, I think what happens is uh, is that I speak with authority, and when people hear like, "Oh, yeah, it is supposed to change." So what's happening in the space is that I'm giving people, I I speak with authority and there is a hesitancy in the art community for people to interact with art. And that happens in the 99% that aren't participating that I talked about earlier. It's almost like people fear having an opinion or having, or wanting to interject their ideas. And in street art, that's exactly what's supposed to happen is that they, these things are intended to change. And so we have that experience because everybody who's 
then inside my gallery has these conversations. They're like, well, what is this about? You know, it's about, it's a memento mori. It reminds you that you're alive and you need to act today and things change and, and the life experience happens and you need to be a participant. And so it is. And you live that way. Yeah, you really do. What do you think makes you a person that really takes advantage of every moment of your life? What made you be the kind of person that you start, you know, in your town that you grew up in Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden you're traveling around the world and you're doing bodybuilding contests and all these things we'll talk about. We'll have to talk about other episodes because, yeah, I don't know how you decided like 47, you're going to go do that, but okay. Or at 18 that you're going to go do the traveling that you did. So yeah. we'll have to talk. But what makes you that kind of person, do you think, that just grabs onto opportunities or creates opportunities where there aren't any and creates those moments for others, too? Uh, I'm not, you know, that is a great question. It's not really something I've explored. I Some of that is an act of being frustrated and not seeing the things that I want to see. Certainly, that would be my expectation in when growing up in Southern Oregon. Now, I'm not poo-pooing that space at all. It gave me my roots. It gave me a lot of security. I have deep and abiding relationships with people that I grew up with still to this day. You know, so, but for me, and, and I will say it's reciprocated. So a lot of people are like, yeah, Grant's past was not for you, Right. And mm-hmm. I am for Grant's past, but that because you left doesn't mean I am not for you. Does that make sense? And, Absolutely. and in that experience, yeah. And, and in that experience, trying to create the world that I wanted, it just never stopped. So when you grow up in a country community, in my high school graduating class, I had, think had right at a hundred people in it. You know, a lot of, you have big ideas and if you pursue them, there's not a lot of people to say no if you are confident in your expression, you know, it's like, Hey, we can do this. You know, the worst that can happen to you, no one's going to eat you. A neighbor of mine said that one day, his name is Phil. And he said, Gordon, no one's going to eat you. No one's going to eat you. Yeah. In other words, he was an immigrant from another country and he had this experience that if, you know, if you were outside, you could end up dead. If you lived outside the rules, you weren't, you were a pariah in society. You know, there, there was a legitimate idea about not surviving if you weren't like other folks. And so, you know, he made a very successful life for himself. And one of his mantras was, no one's going to eat you. Nice. Nothing's going to happen. The worst you're going to be is poor. You know, you're not going to get. I love and, that. Yeah. It's really, you know, that's the worst. You're going to be poor. Okay. It's, it's the essence of bad choice Tuesday. I think for me, it's kind of <laughs> like, it's like, I can do whatever the fuck I want. Cause now I know how to finish that sentence. I can do whatever the fuck I want. Cause nobody's going to eat me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not charming. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's fantastic. <laughs> All right. I never knew how to end that sentence. It was serendipitous that we had this conversation. Now I know. What are you afraid somebody's going to eat you? What? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's such a great thing. Your neighbor, who I never met. Oh, I was saying your neighbor said the good thing about that people won't eat you. Not that your neighbor might eat you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think his implication that where he grew up, he might just eat you. you So so that was the, you know, that's the space. 
Yeah, I think that's great. I think what I'm finding is that it's essential that you have other people around you who hear that you want to do something like open an art gallery or take up bodybuilding in your mid 40s or travel on your own or someplace unusual, whatever it is you want to do, or decide to move to Denver after a three-day trip. I think it's essential that you have people around you who look at you and go, okay. And kind of to your point about your hometown, who are going to just love you anyway. They're yep. going to look at what you do. They're going to cheer you on. And they're, they're going to say, she's one of mine. Mm-hmm. You know, that guy, he's one of mine. Oh, oh my has- God. You have no idea how often I do that in my life. So um, even though I had a tiny, small graduating class, Dr. Lori D. Carvalho came out of my class and she was, she is one of the doctors who is nationally recognized and helped design the new PTSD protocol for all of the military. That's our girl. And my, one of my best friends growing up, his name is Oliver McCoy, and he ended up being a diplomat in Europe and was in charge at the time in the early 90s of reorganizing Kosovo. So he's an ambassador for the OSCE. And, you know, it's like all these amazing people. And I promise you, no one is like, oh, Ollie didn't stay home with us. You know, they're, they're super excited to find out that, like, you know, he's impacting the world and preventing wars. And they're very excited to find out that Lori D. Carvalho is, you know, a recognized helper in the world. You know, and we have a, a list of these people. It's, it's unusual. And they left too. And no one is upset or sad that they left. They're proud that they followed their ideals. That's a great community that I'm from. Yeah. Well, and I think you continue to take those ideals with you when you end up in Southern California or Denver or mm-hmm. Southeast Asia, wherever you land, yeah. you're taking yeah. that with you, right? Mm-hmm. That idea that yeah. you kind of and I love the way that that we met and connected right away and I feel yeah. like you find those people right you find those people that are doing things that are unusual that are going to look at you and hear about the things that you're doing that maybe are a little strange and they're going to go yeah let's be friends <laughs> you know I'm coming over get, if we can give a moment just a shout out to Jeff who met me once or twice and I don't know how long he had known you yeah I walked into Manuel galleries like Gordon, there's someone I want you to meet. <laughs> and we, I think that was the Greg Deal show. And we had a great time and been friends ever since, I think. Yeah, it's crazy. It is fun. And Jeff and I had met on a museum board. And, mm-hmm. you know, now you guys have connected and connected each other with other people. And I just love the reach of that mm-hmm. and the way that, I think you don't have to be, I keep saying that I'm doing this podcast kind of in the way that you would pick up an instrument. Like, I just want to play the piano. I'm going to practice it. I'm going to suck. I'm going to play easy pieces, like whatever. I don't need to go. I'm not going to go and join. So I'm not going to become a professional pianist. I'm not making, you know, I'm not picking up the flute, joining the symphony or anything. I just love to play. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to play it. And it's that idea that you can just be anybody and put something out there in the world 
even if it's totally outside your comfort zone and outside your area of expertise, or you don't have any area of expertise, so fucking what? Go yeah. do it. If you're interested in something and you want to start you want to start an art gallery or you want to take a crazy trip, you just do that. Yeah. And so many of, you know, so many of the people that I, you know, I, I watch there and they, and they message me and they're like, I, I never wanted to do this until I saw you do it. And now I have to do it too. It's like, it, I didn't know there was this part of me that was excited to see these things. And, you know, I love being a conduit for people. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. What's your favorite thing that's coming up? Is there anything you're willing to talk about? Mm. Or uh, I have something that be secretive. <laughs> well, we, we do have we do have something amazing happening right now, but I haven't. I mean, amazing as in impactful for at least two colleges it involves artwork that was valued at over two million not too long ago, and but. I'm still working out the details of it, so I'll keep that under my hat right now, if you don't mind. So I know you know about it. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, don't. Uh... <laughs> well, I love that you're hiding under a blanket while you say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, Incognito. wishing there were video. <laughs> like, <laughs> I've got a secret. I've got a secret. Okay, so here are the things that I know I want to talk with you about in the future because we got to cover sure. them and don't have to okay. today. So okay. I know we want to cover you being one of the first Americans in Siberia in the early 90s. I know yeah. I want to cover you deciding to take up bodybuilding in your 40s. I hurt just thinking about that. <clears throat> what else? What am I missing? Give me the quick list. Do you have a quick list? Oh, I don't have a quick list because for me, it's not unusual. Does that make sense? Like, it's just my life. I'm not, I'm not one of those. I I just, I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this now. So I never realized it's anomalous until some, somebody like you is like, I can't believe you did this. And I'm like, uh, (laughs) (laughs) but I, but I wanted to do that, you know, so. You've been listening to Bad Choice Tuesday with Andrea Howell, a podcast about friendship, unconditional love, and questionable choices. Find us wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to hear our latest episode every Tuesday. For more information and to find previous episodes, go to badchoicetuesday.com. See you next week.